Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. How are you doing? It is good to be here with you. Uh, this is Ireland's number one podcast. And I just want to say before we go on, I uh, finally this week hit number one in one of the countries I've been really putting a lot of marketing work into, putting a lot of my efforts into Turkey, the country of Turkey. And we finally hit number one over there. So thanks to all the listeners over there in Constantinople, all the lads and ladies who tune in week in, week out. Thank you very much. And I'll be over there in the fall to do some tour, uh, stand-up tour. Now, uh, speaking of stand-up, I am going to plug some dates in Dublin. I'm doing two shows, uh, one in Dundalk, which isn't really Dublin. I made that mistake before, nearly got kneecapped. (laughs) I said Dundalk was in Dublin, and I got taken out the back and threatened with a crowbar. Uh, so I'm doing Dublin first on September the 8th in Workman's Club on the Keys. Now, the thing about Workman's Club is you don't have to actually be a workman. That's just the name of it. You can be a man who does not work. It's fine. You can be a lady who works. You can be a work lady. You can be a lady on the dole. You can do anyone is allowed to come. So come to the show. We'll have a great time. You'll sit. I'll talk at the end of it. We will. I'll pick one of you out from random in the crowd and we will have a fight to the death on the stage. It'll be <laughs> a good laugh. Uh, so come down to that. 8th of September in Workman's tickets are available now. And the other gig I'm doing is 16th of September in Dundalk. That's right. I will be doing some fun talk in Dundalk in the Spirit Store. And don't worry, they don't sell ghosts there. That again is just the name. The Spirit Store in uh, 16th of September. Please come to that. I don't have any fans in Dundalk. (laughs) Not since the last time when I said it was in Dublin. And I swear to God, some guy with a very thick uh, accent uh, nearly strangled me to death in the car park. So, now, let's go on with the show. How did you survive the heat? That uh, apocalyptic heat? The heat that was kind of telling us, oh, bollocks, we're all going to die. (laughs) Isn't it? It was like uh, not a nice heat. It wasn't really fun in the sun. It was more like dread in bed because that's where I was, lying on my bed, sweating like a motherfucker. And motherfuckers do tend to sweat a lot. It's part of their whole thing. They're like, ah, the shame of this. I'm fucking a mother. (laughs) And so they sweat. And that's what I was doing, sweating like a motherfucker, because I am not built for the heat, never have been, never will be. And part of the reason I'm not is because I'm on these things. I don't know if you've ever heard of these things called antidepressants. They're pills that I take so that my mind stays on an even keel, because if I don't, if I'm on an uneven keel, Papa, go cray cray. If if Papa Shane don't take his pills, Papa Shane go loco. Papa Shane ends up taken to the bed for two to three weeks at a time. And we can't be having that in this day and age. I've done that. I want to move on. I want to take my pills and try and get an erection. Sometimes I can't because of the pills. And that's one of the reasons that I don't like the pills. Now, I said they're taken to the bed. When you're depressed, sometimes you take to the bed for a long time. And here's my advice to any of you out there that are suffering with their depression, specifically depression. Um, and you might be taken to the bed. You might be spending 12, 13, 14 hours in bed 
every day and it's horrible and it's miserable and you're, you know, in the depths. Uh, but what I will say is try and enjoy some of it. All right. <laughs> because there are 99.9% of it is terrible, awful. It's hell. But there is that 0.1% that is okay. Think about it. You get to have extremely long lions. Some days I'm getting up for work, 7 a.m. I'm going, God fucking damn, I wish I was still depressed. I could sleep until 7, 8 o'clock tonight. <laughs> so think of the positives even when you're depressed. Um, and just to be safe, also go to a doctor. That would be, if you're lying in bed all day long, my first... I would tell you, go to the doctor, because that's what I did, and it changed my life for the better. But one of the side effects, apart from the erectile dysfunction, of my mental health tablets is the fact that I sweat like a man who, you know, has got his own internal combustion engine going on inside him. I sweat with these pills. I've met friends on sunny days while I've been on these pills, and I've gone to meet them in a cafe play, and they've gone to me, hey Shane, I said, hey Ted, they said, Jesus Christ Shane, is it fucking raining? And I go, no, it's not raining, why? Because your hair is soaked, man. Were you caught in a shower? Did someone piss out a window onto your head? And I go, oh no, that's just me sweating, I sweat. There's sometimes there is enough moisture on my forehead to irrigate the burn, you know? There are fucking dogs licking my forehead. Thirsty dogs. Um, and it's horrible. I don't know why. Why in these mad- these pills? They they're, save lives, but they fucking make you sweat for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. Because they're, they're supposed to make you not depressed. And then you're walking around, you're fucking... You can actually feel your balls dripping. <laughs> when you're walking around you're trying to be you can't live a normal life when you can feel your balls dripping you cannot live a normal life you can't talk to a fucking shop assistant and ask him where the monster munch is when your balls are soaked and they're dropping you, you know and that's what happens in this fucking heat with these pills and I've spoken about that before and I said I'd talk about it again because I've had people message me saying, Shane, Jesus, I've been on the pills. I've been sweating. I never put two and two together that they are uh, the cause and effect, the pills and the sweat. So um, I'm glad you brought it up because now I realize I'm not dying. And then I see London is burning. You know, like the clash said. Is it the clash? I don't know. I think they said London. Or did they say London calling? But they said London's burning. Is that in the fucking song? London's burning. Anyway, that doesn't really make a difference. And London's on fire. Fucking global warming is coming. And the sad part is we have to fucking finally admit that scientists are right. Those fucking glasses wearing Point Dexter nerds (laughs) were right the whole time. You bastards. Who would have thought it? Scientists were right. You know? I was hedging my bets on the fucking people who think 5G is an implant in my brain. I was saying, I hope they're right, for fuck's sake. That's where I put all my money in. People who are fucking telling me that um, the vaccine is going to cause me to die 
of a heart attack in bed. Those people were the people I was putting my money on. Turns out it wasn't them at all. It was the scientists that were right. Fucking point, Dexters. You know, you can't blame me for not, not wanting to agree with scientists. Have you ever seen a scientist? A woman walks into the room, they get a nosebleed. So it turns out they're right. We're heading towards climate catastrophe. London's on fucking fire. My balls are wetter than a tin of whiskers. JLo's after marrying Ben Affleck behind my back. Things are not looking good. <laughs> the world has gone to hell in a handcart. I was in town today in Dublin. That's what I call it now. I live in Dublin, so I call it the centre of Dublin town. Yeah, I was in town, guys. I used to hate people that say, said that, and I've become one of them. I've lived here now for fucking four years, and I've become a cunt that calls the centre of Dublin town. Hey guys, I was in town today, eating falafel, drinking bubble tea with Finton, and then we spent the afternoon explaining Ulysses to a bin man. Fucking hell, man. They love falafels up here. Falafels and fucking bubble tea. What the hell is that? It's tea with bubbles in it or something. Anyway, the person I saw a celebrity sighting in the centre of town. Do you know who I saw? Big news. I actually was a gasp, a gasp, a gape. I could not believe my eyes. I saw the one, the only, Pat Kenny. Pat Kenny walking towards me, Shane Clifford. It was like two, it was like Sir Isaac Newton meeting some other famous scientists from around that time. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Two behemoths of Irish broadcasting face to face in the street, you know? Two behemoths, two rivals, two great rivals of Irish broadcasting history. Me and Pat Kenny walking towards each other on one of the streets there down by Grafton Street. And they, you know what the fucking cunt did? Ignored me. I said, Pat, he fucking just kept on walking like he didn't even know who I was. And I know you're listening to this, Pat Kenny. And I just want to say this. You ignore me at your peril, boy. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you this, Pat Kenny, man. And I want to tell you right now to your face, I saw you today. I saw what you had in your hand and we'll say no more about it. Okay. But I have pictures. All right. So anyway, let's move on. Speaking of central Dublin, I was in uh, <laughs> Dublin city town. I was in town on Sunday night doing a gig in Temple Bar, which is an absolute. I hadn't been in Temple Bar since after the pandemic opened and I fucking forgot what a hellhole it is down there it's like a Hieronymus Bosch painting of hell now I don't know what Hieronymus Bosch paintings are like Mustache Bosch what's his name but it's what I imagine one of his paintings was like of hell full of fucking dickheads <laughs> you have to say that about hell it's probably full of dickheads and so was Temple Bar uh, Temple Bar is like this tourist area in Dublin for the foreigners among you if you come to Dublin you'll probably go there so I was down there doing a gig to a room full of Americans and it actually went well. One of the Americans came up afterwards and was like, oh my God, give me a hug. So I had to give her a hug and then her boyfriend came over and he was like, give me a hug too, bro. So I gave him a hug. You know, I was afraid he was going to kill me for hugging his girlfriend. But afterwards, me and the other comics stood outside drinking uh, pints as you do on a hot Sunday night in Temple Bar. And we were just having the banter, the chat. We were hanging out. 
and talking shit about other comedians because that's all you do as a comedian <laughs> you talk shit about everybody else we were doing that when this guy comes over what you would only call in truly a fiend what you might call in the old days a lachico watch this lachico he comes over right and he has a gatch on him like Liam Gallagher after having an enema and he stands in between all of us. Now, this is a big, muscly cunt, all right, with a, a, a tight T-shirt on, scars on his face like the Joker in the film, the, jo- uh, the Batman one. And he had like a Chelsea smile scar. You know what I mean? And he was about 30, big, muscly cunt, tough looking bastard. And this is what he says to us verbatim, right into our faces. Looks us in the eyes with a crazed look in his eyes. He says, If I see any fucking guards coming after me, I'm going to have a blade in my pocket. I'm going to fucking stab you in the fucking neck. So we're all, huh? Then he takes one of our pints off the table. And he walks away. (laughs) Now, we were standing there and we had a German guy with us. That often happens when you go out in Dublin. You end up with a German guy. I don't know why. It just happens a lot. You go out with your family for drinks, for dinner, go to the movies, go for a late pint afterwards. All of a sudden, there's a German guy in your group. Um, He's not always a nice fella, but it just happens. It's probably happened to you listening now. Think about it. It's happened to me more than once in my life where I've gone out with my friends, and suddenly there's a German guy hanging around with us. And anyway, there was a German guy there with us. He was drinking whiskey. And he was like, oh my God, guys, are you just going to let that happen? You're just going to let him take your pint? And we were like, yeah, man, did you just see the cunt? <laughs> he was like, he was. He looked like when he said he was going to stab us in the throat, he was not bluffing. He was like a Navy SEAL gone wrong. He looked like a Navy SEAL that lost all his money by listening to Eddie Hobbs in the early noughties. And now he was out looking for revenge on anyone he could find. And the German guy was like, oh, my God, I, you know, I'll, I want to go over there. And we're like, you know, don't, man. No, 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 no. Now, when the, when the cunt was over shouting at us, I swear to God, <laughs> One of my legs was already gone. Gone. I was I was holding my pint. One of my legs was actually gone around the corner. I don't know if that's physically possible. I was getting ready to bolt. So some cunt uh, is there and is threatening me with a fucking blade into my throat. I'll tell you this. I'm running. <laughs> I'm not standing around to see if he's fucking telling the truth or not. Uh, no. So he fucked off around the corner the guy and we went back to drinking about 10 minutes later who comes back but the Lachico and this time he says nothing he just looks us in the eye and he just takes he just takes takes a pint and walks away he did it three times he did it three times the cunt stole three of her pints (laughs) in 30 minutes now I don't know who's more stupid that fucker are us for not doing anything to stop him and not walking away. But a, a gaggle of male, skinny, nerd comedians, and there was one woman there, and a German, versus a psychopath with a knife, 
We, I mean, we could have taken him, but I wasn't going to help. <laughs> if we decided to take him, I would have said, lads, yeah, I think we should take him. They would have turned around halfway through getting stabbed in the face going, where the fuck is Shane gone? I'd be gone. This cunt did it three times. And I'll tell you, right there in the centre of Dublin, the beating heart of tourist Dublin on a Sunday night in July, was there a guard? Not a guard to be fucking seen. Reverse, rewind to about two hours earlier. All right. I'm in getting ready to go into the pub where the gig is on. I see a guy, a Deliveroo cyclist cycling through Temple Bar. Three guards. Stop him. Where are you going? Show us your ID, your immigration forms. I go into the gig. I come back out. I see a guard standing in the corner. Two young girls, well, in their early 20s, walking by, dressed up to the nines on their night out. They wave at the head guard. He looks like a head guard, like a sergeant. Hi, Dave, they say to the guard. Hi, girls, he says back to them, like he's a celebrity. Cut to an hour later. There's a guy threatening us to cut off our fucking noses and stealing our pints. Right in the same area. Is there a guard to be seen? No. <laughs> fucking no. The guards are like, hey, if there's poor immigrants trying to eke out a living, uh, you know, let's hassle the fuck out of them. And if there are some scantily clad, sexy young ladies that want to get in for pictures with us, we'll provide them with that service. But if there's, there's scary cunts hanging around aeroplanes, threatening people, Let's go home. Although at the end, I was, at the end, I was kind of disappointed that even though we protest, we told the German guy, no, man, don't go over there. Honestly, don't start on him. You'll get your head kicked in. You know, it won't be worth it. It's only a couple of pints. There was still something in the back of my head going, I fucking wish he went over, man, just to see what would have happened. Because <laughs> the German guy would have got murdered. And it made me realize, right? First of all, if you're going to be drinking down in Temple Bar late at night, uh, have a look around first. See, is there any guards? If there's no guards, fucking go somewhere else. There won't be any guards there because there might be psychopaths around that are going to steal your drinks, ruin your night and kill a German. It also made me realize that I am not as tough as I thought I was. We all have this ego in our brain that we need that's we need to get through our life because, you know, you have a, an image of yourself built up in your head as a kind of a tough guy or a funny guy or a wise guy or a good guy. And you need to have that ego because if you knew what the truth was, you'd be like, Jesus, I can't fuck it. You know, <laughs> I can't live. I can't walk around. So we built up an ego to kind of lie to ourselves so that we can get about our day. And not that I thought I was a fucking tough guy. But there's still something that you're like, all right, if something happened, if a guy came at me with a gun, I'd go for it. I'd take him. And when I realized when that guy threatened a gang of us with a stabbing, I realized how much of a fucking coward I really am. Because I swear to God, the minute he started talking, one of my legs was on the Lewis. One of my legs is on Dublin bus. One of my legs is on the fucking ferry to the UK. <laughs> it was <laughs> I, they would have turned around and there would have been you know like in the old cartoons where it's just dust 
a dust outline in my body and I'm gone. Flight or fight. Me, I'm always flight. Never fight. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's another situation. That's another lesson that you should learn. If you're ever out drinking with me and somebody starts on us, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> and I think it runs in my family, right? Because I remember when I was a, a youngster, a young boy, not more than eight, and my uncle was babysitting me. My parents had gone out and it was just me and my uncle. Uh, I don't know where my sister was, but we were upstairs playing a game on the PC, which was in the room upstairs. And on, what was the game? Blake 7 or something. It was like Wolfenstein, but in space. Anyway, we heard a noise, a big crash down in the kitchen. Nobody else in the house. I was about eight. My uncle, I don't know, he would have been late 20s, 30s, early 30s. And I'll never forget. He started pushing me down the stairs first. Go on, Shane, check what it is. Go on, go down there and have a look. (laughs) I mean, for fuck's sake, I was about eight years old. Could have been fucking some crazy psychopath in the kitchen. But it turned out to be just some raccoons. And I was walking around Dublin today, right? And not long after I saw the... Pat the prick. <laughs> Fucking wouldn't even, I mean, wouldn't even salute one of his compatriots. You know what I mean? He knows who I am. I know you're listening, Pat, you prick. All right, moving on. I'm, I'm, I was walking down and I walked up by Marion Square, right? And in Marion Square, there's a park. And in the park, there's a statue of Oscar Wilde. And the statue is Oscar Wilde. We've all seen it. Famous statue. He's lying on a stone. And he's wearing a jacket, a green jacket. It's the first statue I've ever seen that has colour on it and a purple shirt. And he's chilling there and he's looking fucking like he's up to, he's a bit of a rogue. All right. He's lying down. He's looking like a dandy because that's what he is, wasn't it? He was a dandy. And I remember thinking, Jesus, man, look at that fucking statue. That is pure Dublin fucking notions. Having a statue of a guy lying down, chilling. You couldn't have a statue like that down in Tralee. He'd get his head kicked in. He'd get bullied by the other statues. All the statues we have down home are austere. They're fucking statues of... of, By God, they're all heterosexual statues we have down in Tralee. (laughs) It got me thinking, right? One of the statues that we have is of a pike man. Now, there was a revolution in Ireland in the 1700s. 1798, is it? I can't remember. There's one with Roger Emmett. Is that his name? Robert Emmett. And there's one with Wolf Tone. I always get them mixed up. But either in one of them, there was the pike men. And these were, that was when we decided to take on the might of the British Empire with pikes. You know, it didn't work out. <laughs> A lot of farmers had pikes, which are just pointy sticks. Hey, lads, do you think we'll be able to defeat the uh, British Empire that controls where the sun never sets on the British Empire? They control the entire fucking world, practically. We'll take them on. What will we use there? We have some pointy sticks. Oh, yeah? Do you think it'll work? Ah, of course. Sure, why wouldn't we? What have they got? Guns? (laughs) But who am I to make fun of these cunts, you know? These were brave enough to take on the might of the British Empire with literal sticks and stones. And, you know, I'm so much of a coward if a guy comes over to steal my pint. 
he ends up with three somehow. <laughs> so I can't make fun of these brave bastards with their pikes. Anyway, it didn't work out at that time. But there's a statue to them in Trudy, the Pike Man. And he's a big fucking fella on Denny Street. And he's standing up and he's got a, a big long stick with a pike on the top of it. And he's called the Pike Man. Now, what I remember about the Pike Man is that when I was young, there was a big scandal about it. And I hope that some other tree heads down there will be able to tell me if I'm not going crazy. Because I tried to Google it and I couldn't find it. But some fucking guy joined the Rose of Tralee Festival. And this is back when the Rose of Tralee was at its peak. When it was like Glastonbury tripping on Holy Communion. You know what I mean? And some cunt got drunk. Pissed. Blue bed. Drank too much gat. Loved the gat. My man loved the gat, right? He only had four sausages, loved the gat. Climbed up the pike man. The representation of the heroes of 1798 or whatever it was. Climbed up the pike man. Set up on the pike man's shoulders. Bollock naked. And rode him with his hand going around in the air like he was riding a bull in a rodeo. And... I remember that that picture of my man riding the pike man on the top (laughs) of the statue must have been about 96, 97 was on the front of the local paper the Kerry's Eye the following Thursday and the whole town was fucking disgusted. How dare they do this to one of our statues one of our heroes of the revolution and that cunt that climbed up the statue naked, had his face all over the paper, and he was in court. He went to jail and shit. Now, did I make that up? Is there anyone from Trudy that can listen and tell me if that's true? Because I don't think I made that up. That can't be some fucking memory I just have in the back of my head. Let me know. Brilliant Shane. Shane's brilliant email at gmail.com. Did you see the story doing the rounds today about... I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. I apologize. Miriam Margolis. Is that her name? She's the English lady. She's like always on Graham Norton. She's kind of short lady, eccentric looking. She tells crazy stories and she says rude words and everybody loves her. You know that lady? And she came out with a story today, which apparently she said it before, but it got went viral today about her time working as an actress on the film End of Days, which is a film in which Arnold Schwarzenegger Beats up the devil. <laughs> Not one of the great films in cinema history, I'll tell you that. Arnold Schwarzenegger beats up Satan. And uh, it's called End of Days, came out in 1999. And she plays Satan's sister, the sister of Satan. And he fights her in the film too. So he was fight. they were doing the fight scene, filming it. And this is what Miriam Margolis, Margolis, Margolis says. I would believe what she's saying, obviously. Arnold Schwarzenegger, not the most trustworthy fella. Cheated on his wife, didn't he? With his secretary or his maid or something. But it made me think Arnold Schwarzenegger must be in the top five men that you would not want to fart in your face, isn't he? That has got to be a giant meaty fart. That is an Austrian bodybuilder fart coming right into your face. That is why she is traumatized by this still 20 years later. 
Like, there are certain people you wouldn't mind them farting in your face. Tom Hanks, that would be all right. I mean, it wouldn't be nice, but it would be more, ple- it'd be pleasant enough. Probably smells of rosemary. You know, um, Paul McCartney, I would imagine. It would be <laughs> a nice fart into your face if he had to. I had a friend who still gawks at the thought of cornflakes. He has like a, a, a gag reflex at the thought of cornflakes because when he was eight, he was eating these cornflakes and his brother farted on him. And ever since then, he, he can't eat cornflakes. But I made a list of my top five. Wait, I put it here somewhere. Worst people to fart in your face. This is what I did today. <laughs> That's the preparation I did for this podcast. No other preparation. A list of five people you would not want to fart in your face. Where did I put it? Oh, yeah. All right. So, top five celebrities that you would not want to fart into your face. Number five, the aforementioned Arnold Schwarzenegger for his big, meaty Austrian farts. So, that's number five. Number four, top five celebrities you wouldn't want to fart in your face. Number four, Bertie Ahern. You would not want former Taoiseach, former uh, finance minister Bertie Ahern to fart in your face. It would smell of bacon and cabbage, bass, beer, you know, it would smell of, I don't know if he smokes, but I imagine it would smell of cigars. It would smell of corruption. (laughs) That is a corrupt smelling fart. Your fart smells like swindle in the country. Number three, I think this, this could have been number one actually, but Number three person you would not want to fart in your face, Russell Crowe. No, he's too manly. You don't want manly men farting in your face. Would not want Russell Crowe farting in my face. He looks like he eats deer whole. Deer whole, do not fart in my face. That's what I'd be saying to his whole. Number two, Boris Johnson. Of course, imagine that. It would just smell of misery and it would be warm and cold at the same time. It would be like a, it'd be like a weather fucking anomaly. You know what I mean? It would, you don't want any Tories farting in your face or any fucking politicians at all. And number one, top five uh, celebrities. So number five was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Number four, Bertie Ahern. Number three, Russell Crowe. Number two, Boris Johnson. And the number one celebrity that you would not want to fart into your face is, of course, Morrissey. No way, no how am I letting Morrissey fart onto my face. Not with the amount of vegetables that cunt eats. All right? And his farts would just smell... (laughs) of. It would just remind me of my teenage uh, loneliness. His lonely vegetarian farts. Anyway... That's the that's the level of the we're at at the show now. I'm doing impressions of Morrissey's farts. Man, I used to love Morrissey when I was a youngster. But I remember the first time I heard him, right? And this is obviously before I knew he was a horrible bigot. The first time I heard him, my friend John Crossan, the big JC, he played uh, the album The Queen Is Dead for me. And I remember, I was about 15, and I remember laughing, going, that is fucking shit. 
listen to that cunt's voice. Racist to the dolphins. I was like, he must be taking the piss. There is but one concern. I was like, how can you listen to that? But then I listened to, uh, there is a light, it never goes out. And I was, oh, he's, sing, he's singing about me. <laughs> and then I was hooked um, until, you know, he said the Chinese were a subspecies. Shane reviews things he never saw before. It's Shane's Reviews. So this week on Shane's Reviews, I watched the film... Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, starring racist psychopath Mel Gibson and a load of other Australians that I didn't know who they were. And uh, I'd never seen uh, any of the original Mad Max films. I'd seen Mad Max Fury Rose, the one with Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron. And uh, it, I, I remember I didn't really get it. I didn't like it too much, which will surprise you. You're probably going, Jesus, Shane, you fucking... Didn't like a film. Jesus, that's a forced. <laughs> that's a forced, Shane. Jesus, I thought you loved every film. No, sometimes I don't like films, as you'll, you'll know. And I remember I just didn't get, but I want to watch it again after watching The Road Warrior or Mad Max 2 because uh, I really fucking liked Mad Max 2. Loved it. First film I've loved. First thing I've loved since doing Shane's reviews. Loved it. And I can't believe I hadn't watched it. Uh, when I was a child. What I'll say to, about it is this. It came out in 1981, okay? And it's like a post-apocalyptic, it's set in a post-apocalyptic world, which clearly, when you watch it, it's just actually just Australia. <laughs> it's just Australia now, you know, or in the 80s. Uh, but it came out in 1981. And this is like a science fiction film. It's brilliant it's an action film and it's pure action film there's hardly any talking in it at all barely any fucking talking in it pure action and why is star wars this thing that every fucking tom dick and prick loves and no cunt goes on about how great mad max was back then like this was 10 billion, well, maybe not 10 billion times, 10 million times better than The Empire Strikes Back. Fucking more fun, shorter, less stupid Luke Skywalker in it. And it came out at the same time. And it was brilliant. I loved everything about it. I loved the Mel Gibson. I know he's a racist psychopath in real life, but he looked like a fucking cool dude in this. And it's a very homoerotic film. Very uh, gay subtext. Because this came out in the 80s. They're all wearing gimp outfits and leather bondage suits. The bad, the main baddie. There's two main baddies. There's the main baddie and his henchman. The main baddie's name is Humongous. <laughs> Which is a kind of a stupid name. And his, I don't know what his henchman's name is. But his henchman wears leather pants with assless chaps. Now, it doesn't get much more homoerotic than that. And his boyfriend gets killed in it, which must have been sort of, because um, it's overtly uh, homoerotic. So that must have been sort of way ahead of his time for a big action picture back in 1981. I don't know if anybody commented on it at the time, but it was, you know, cool to see. And 
What else did I like about it? I liked it was hardly any talking. It was all done basically a silent film. It was a big long roast road chase at the end. I liked the violence in it. I liked the guy's fingers getting chopped off. And it was what I noticed towards the end, because I'm a very smart film watcher, you know. I'm a me I'm a I'm a cinephile. You know, I I've said this before, but pedophiles ruined the word cinephile because now when I say I'm a cinephile, you for a second you think, what what, what did he say? Oh, 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 a cinephile. That's, that's completely different. <laughs> you know, a cinephile is a fellow who only goes to under 15's movies. <laughs> yeah, I only watch PG films. I'm a cinephile. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at myself. But, uh, what was I fucking talking about? Oh yeah, I noticed it's basically a, a western, like an old-fashioned western, except instead of hats, they're wearing, you know, nipple tassels and stuff. And you can tell it's a western because Clint, or not Clint Eastwood, Mel Gibson is basically Clint Eastwood. He comes into town, uh, he doesn't talk, he is, you know, an outsider, he protects a town against baddies and the baddies are the Indians in it they've all got mohawks and they'll go hooting and hollering around the place and they've got leather assless chaps we all know the Indians in the movies had assless chaps on um, so it's basically a western and it's fucking brilliant I loved it I'm surprised I loved it because um, you know I don't know why I'm surprised just I suppose early 80s cheap action film I was like ah this is going to be shite but I thought it was absolutely brilliant and I rec Shane recommends and I loved it so much it's going to make me want to revisit what's the other one called Mad Max Fury Road even though I didn't like it at the time but I want to watch it again now knowing uh, that I like Mad Max if that makes sense alright so that was Shane's Reviews All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's episode. Thank you very much. Once again, if you want to sign up to the Patreon, I do another episode every weekend. Shane's Brilliant, patreon.com forward slash Shane's Brilliant podcast. Send me an email, Shane's Brilliant email. Follow me on the gram, Instagram. Oh, I can't believe I said the gram there. Did you hear me? Oh my God, that just came out of my mouth. I just said the gram when I meant Instagram. Here in my fucking sitting room, I said, follow me on the gram. I need to go to a psychiatrist now. I need to get reprogrammed. I need to move out of Dublin. I need to move into the countryside and never be seen again. (laughs) Follow me on the gram. Fucking hell, man. If my father could hear me now, he'd be fucking right next to me because that's how you hear people. All right. Um... And what's the other, what was the other thing? Come see my shows. Did I say that? All right. Listen, that's the end. Thanks a million for tuning in. Cheers. Nice one. Thanks. And hobnob. <laughs>